the average person spends about two and a half hours a day on social media. They spend 90 minutes a month tending to their financial matters. I have come up with something that I call spend two. Spend two hours a week improving your financial knowledge, 17 minutes a day. Well, welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration, so you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We are your hosts, Leo Sabo and David Thompson. And on this episode, we're continuing our conversation with Harry Stout. Harry has written a book recently called The Financial Verse. And in the last episode, which we really recommend you go listen to, we talked about some of the things that are just basic finances that Harry has put into this book like the three stages of your life. So please go go to that episode and listen to it. I think you'll be really well resourced by it. But we're going to go right back into some of the questions that we wanted to ask Harry on the last episode that we didn't have a chance to. And Harry, first of all, just thank you again for sticking around and doing this other episode with us. We appreciate your time. Oh, no problem at all. I'm enjoying it. We're having a great time. Good, good. So let's go into this question. What is the one thing people can do to improve their financial decision-making? You know, Leo, when I look at that, I think the first thing that people should do is they need to spend more time improving their financial knowledge. Mm -hmm. Now, we all kind of know today, and I think the Bureau of Labor Statistics tracks this. I think the average person spends about two and a half hours a day on social media. Mm -hmm. They spend 90 minutes a month tending to their financial matters. The average person spends less than 10 minutes a day reading. Oh, wow. Yeah. 10 minutes. So I I have come up with something that I call spend two, spend two hours a week, improving your financial knowledge, 17 minutes a day. So can you break away from social media for a little bit to spend some time getting better educated? Because as we discussed earlier, it's a very complex world. So take 17 minutes a day to be able to learn more. And there's so many sources available to do it. But I think that's, that's really one of the key, one of my, I, I list 10 things that people can do to improve their financial decision-making and approach. I call them the 10 must-dos. Yeah. But, but number one for me is spending that time. And again, that will make up and help, if you will, make up for the deficit in financial education that most people have received. Yeah, I love that. And one of the things that I've done, Harry, is I've actually subscribed on your financialverse.com to the blog and to the emails that you send out. And so I don't know, maybe I'd say I spend five minutes a day reading one of those five to 10. And I mean, they're really simple, really great tools. I love what you did in the 2020 series where it's like 2020, the year to improve your money life. And so I went through and would read something like that or how to cash uh, or how a cash budget changed my money mindset. That's something that Leo and I have been passionate about for a long time, but it's so fun to learn those little intricacies that maybe I've not thought of before. And so, you know, if you spend five to 10 minutes a day reading a blog, sign up for something that's simple, like this email newsletter, or, uh, or, and then I tell you do on top of that, you listen to a financial podcast, like getting money, right. But there are also one of the things I like that you put in your book is several top notch podcasts in the financial space. So if, if somebody gets your book and goes to any one of those podcasts, they're going to get great content and information. And I probably listen to, on any given week, about five different financial podcasts. I'm thinking through my head, I can think of the three that I listen to 
on a rotation, uh, four and five that I pick up. And then of course I'll, I'll step in and listen to what Leo and I had just recorded the week before <laughs> just to make sure it all sounded good. But, but if I do that on the drive in, I, I read one blog a week that alone is going to begin that spend to type of mindset where I'm going to spend time learning in this financial arena. And that's probably enough to get you started. And I think that that's an awesome place that somebody can just today begin to make a real change. And I will say this, uh, it's the beginning of the year. And so my wife and I, especially Ashley, she has shut down all social media. And because she's starving herself of social media at the beginning of this year, it's causing her to desire to read more than ever before because your brain is looking for some form of entertainment. So she's been reading, listening to audiobooks, And I can tell you that just in probably the past 15 days, because she's right before the beginning of the year, but in those 15 to 16 days, she has been just voraciously consuming good information. And it's been really fun because then we have something to talk about over dinner and, and it's just been really enriching. So I highly recommend this, especially at the beginning of the year for anybody that has a desire to learn more. Now is the time. Make a, make a pact with yourself to shut down social media for a little bit and go ahead and do that New Year's resolution. Yeah, so, it, yeah. David, I, David, what I would add too, I combine physical fitness with f- physically being fit. I listen to my podcast when I walk. So I'm trying to get my I'm trying to get my 10,000 steps in a day. Uh, we can debate whether or not that's enough or too little or too much. But um, what I do is I listen to podcasts and I'm voracious. I, I, in a given week, I listen to about 30 podcasts. Yeah. And I do that in a variety of different topical areas. It really improves my knowledge. And I get that while I walk. So I do fast walking and it's a great thing for me. So I combine the two and it's my time away to uh, also to, just to learn and clear my head. And it works out really well. So I, I, it's a, so much is so easy today. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing about podcasts are you listen to them when you have the time to listen to them right. and you can fit them into your schedule. It, it's a great tool and more and more people need to use them. Yep, I agree. Uh, that's something that I've been doing for a while now is as I'll go walk. Uh, While I drive in the morning, I'll listen to the financial podcast. While I drive in the afternoon, I'll pick up something more of a biblical understanding uh, because I'm a pastor at a local church. But then when I walk in the evenings, I'll take my dog for a walk and I'll be listening to a topic that that I think will help me further that fulfilling stage of my life. And so right now I'm working on a book. I love that you've written this book, Harry. I'm working on a book and I'll listen to a podcast specifically about what it means to be an author, how to market your book, how to share your book, how to write your book uh, with more to make it more interesting and more appealing. And so, you know, I, I just love how we can consume information today in bite-sized chunks that is really going to change you over a long period of time. What I think is also important about this learning part of becoming better at finances, you know, you will not do that. You can get a coach, you can get people's help and all of that. But ultimately, you have to be a lifelong learner. There's so many aspects of that that we talked about on the last episode and this one, that learning is part of something that you just have to embrace. If you want to be good at something, you have to learn how to do it. Here's the other thing that I think is really important about learning about finances. As you learn about finances, it's teaching you what to do, but it's also teaching you on what not to do. Because a lot of what David and I share, and even what Harry has shared in his book, he's learned by trial and error. He's he's done things. He's probably failed on some things like all of us do. That's normal. But by having this knowledge, you can avoid some of these landmines that we've walked through and avoid all the damage. 
And there's so much stress and anxiety over uh, finances in our lives today. So, Harry, would you talk about how can people reduce this financial anxiety and stress in their lives? Yeah, Leo, I think there are five things that people can do. And the basics, these are common sense. First off, have a plan. Having a financial plan is real important. There's a famous Hall of Fame baseball player, Yogi Berra, and Yogi's mm-hmm. an older for another generation. But uh, Yogi said, it, I think I'll paraphrase him. If you don't know where you're going, you might not just get there. And so when you look at it, having a plan is really important. And so few people take the time to work to have a plan in place. Secondly, and this is the hard one, is agreeing on your approach to money. (laughs) Having a conversation in your family, what lifestyle you're going to have. Do I need the newest car technology and game console? Do I need those things? Or can I maybe look at things a little bit differently? But that's really important. Because if you have commonality of values and approach to money in your household, it helps so much because we all know so many disagreements, arguments um, take place within a family with respect to money. And you can avoid a lot of that drama, unnecessary drama. The third thing, and again, this is common sense, but I found it. And I, David, I, th- I thank you for uh, acknowledging the, my, my, uh, my blog post on this. A cash budget, an effective cash budget, not some huge complex model. But understanding what your inflow and outflow is every month, such that your, your inflow exceeds your outflow over time, is just so important. And it can change your life. And it did mine when I was a young man. And by the way, that is my number one post so far. That post has yeah. been, that's been taken by so many people and read and, and redistributed. So having a cash budget. The fourth thing is to live on less than you make. I know that sounds like a common sense thing, but it's really what people should do. And then lastly, and again, I'm not an investment professional, but I would encourage people, you have to invest for your future. How are you going to fund your longevity? How are you going to fund the education needs of your children if you have children? How are you going to fund the care needs potentially for members of your family if you don't put away for the future? So, so Leo, when you look at it, five things, plan, agree on your approach to money, have a good cash budget, live on less than you make and invest for the future. That's excellent. Thanks, Harry. I love how simple it is and that you've just kind of listed it out in a way that you could easily take one of those and focus on it for a couple of days, begin to knock it out and then step into that next phase and step into that next phase. So that's wonderful. Um, I'm, I'm interested, even just as we've been talking uh, personally, you know, we've talked about the importance of unity in our family. And then I'm thinking of when you get into your extended family. And I think that's where you see some real generational changes occur because I can think with Ashley and I, you know, there's a season where we had to learn finances together and it started with financial education. But then once we were in unity, then it, it gave us the tools and the language to communicate with our extended family. And have you seen that in your own life, Harry, or have you seen some simple ways that whole families can work together and have similar understandings, be in agreement on how the family is going to manage money? Now, I know you can never dictate what your, your siblings are going to do or what your you know aunts and uncles are going to do, but have you seen families that have done this well, or have you seen this play out in your own life as you guys have gained a solid understanding how that spread and what that spread looks like? Yes, I've seen it a couple of different ways. I've seen it in situations where there's been some sort of life crisis or tragic event taking place, and the family's economics have changed dramatically because of that event. 
and then they're having to reset lifestyle, reset spending habits to be able to deal with it. That's so hard and difficult for people. And the fact that maybe somebody didn't plan as well. And today in our world, I think so many people sit back and say, well, look, I'll just, I'll just start a, a GoFundMe campaign if, if something happens. And, and you know, again, self-reliance is so important. You, people are charitable, but you don't know if they're going to be charitable at a time when you need charity. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I, I advocate in my book, don't rely on GoFundMe campaigns to, to fund your financial needs. Mm-hmm. You need to be reliant. And I know that's, I know that's uh, it's, it's common sense, but it makes, makes a great deal of sense. So I've seen it one way there, David. The second thing I've seen is when um, people have been lucky and they've been able to, through hard work and, and, and opportunity, sustain high levels of uh, financial success and potentially they get lifestyle creep. And they begin to do a variety of different things that, uh, that they've never been able to do before. And that puts new pressures. It, it creates new, a new psychology in the household that causes people to have problems. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you can all agree that regardless, you know, if you can keep an even keel to your values relating to money, I think it just helps your, you, it helps your family, it helps your children also learn good habits uh, about what to do with money. I think that's excellent, Harry. I've actually seen that play out in my own family uh, as it comes to the way my, my kids handle money. Of course, they both got married in the last couple, three years. And now seeing how that's impacting their husbands, who, you know, they're great guys, but were not raised uh, in the same way. They were not taught financial education. So they're having to kind of catch up a little bit and learn. But I, I love to see how they're coming together. They're working with their strengths, um, but really purposefully living their lives financially in a way where they're setting goals or, you know, they have savings goals, they have goals for when they're going to buy their first house, what that's going to look like. And so it definitely impacts other people when we set these goals in our lives, when we set um, these principles that we live by, you know, save, earn um, more than, you know, spend less than you make. All of those, those principles work. And then if we're great models of that, I think there's just an automatic modeling that, that people will just embrace. And I think they see it and they see it working and they'll say, hey, Works for them, it might work for me. So I think it's a great way to to get people motivated toward that. Yes, one one quick one quick thing there. Uh, I'll give you a personal personal situation. I was the first person in my family to graduate high school. First person to graduate college. I graduated wow. first in my class from college. Wow. I was the first one to become a multimillionaire, and I say that humbly. Yeah, but you know, as I went along, I took care of my mother. My, I bought my mom. It's like I'm the professional athlete that that, that got the big contract. But, <laughs> but but I bought her. I mean, I bought her bought her the home. I bought her the home. Took care of her in her later years and so on. But I did that because of what she did for me, obviously. But also, I think it's an example to my children that you take care of your family, you take care of your parents, mm-hmm. and that's you respect them and you do the things that are needed. So um, uh, that's my own personal example. Yeah, that's great, and I love what you said earlier about when there's an emergency situation, that's something that usually will wake a family up and cause people to make changes. And if in your personal immediate family, you've been able to learn, grow, have the information, have the education, you've started to increase your financial margin when another family member needs help, that's the opportunity to speak truth and to be able to share good financial information because it opens a door. It sets a mindset shift where maybe somebody's had life scope creep where they've, they've started to spend more and spend more and their, their income goes up or their spending goes up with it. But when that, when that disaster comes or that emergency comes or that's something that kind of knocks you off your horse, it does open up new conversations. And if you can do that right, it takes a little bit of finesse. It takes 
um, a lot of grace and love and covering of that pain point in your family member's life. But if you can do that right, then you've started, you have your own health uh, finances healthy, but then another family member's got their finances healthy, and then another family member gets their finances healthy. And as you do that over time, the entire family, I believe, has a much broader impact on this world. And it's just really cool to see that happen. But those hinge moments often are emergency situations. And that's where we have to step in with grace and really help serve those people. Yeah, fully agree with that, David. All right, Harry, let's return to um, financial education, because as we said earlier, there's a, a lot of information out there. But sometimes information is not all we need. Uh, and, and sometimes information is hard to decipher what's true, what's right, which course, which book should I read, all of that. So how can people improve their financial education? What would you say are good resources or sources that are available for people to, uh, to use? Yeah, and I, I'm, again, a firm believer in the spend two concept, 17 minutes a day. Spend some time reading, listening, and uh, going to various sites. So what, I, what I've done is not dissimilar to what uh, David described earlier. I have certain core podcasts, that, that I, and I, I, I really love them because it's free content, if you will, that you, that you can get. But I, I have certain core podcasts that I listen to uh, every week. Along with that, I, I still believe in print media. So I have still, I, I, there are certain print publications that I still look after. And then I also visit certain websites every week. And I, and I do this religiously and I do it so I keep my knowledge current. And I also see what's out there, what people are emphasizing, not emphasizing, what new things come along. And I think in our environment today, so much of this content is really good content. And I think what you have to do, you have to sample it and see what, what you like listening to, what, what appeals to you, what, what you uh, how you like that particular author, host, how they present the information for you to help you just improve your knowledge. And I think it's, again, it's a gradual process, but spending this two hours a week improving your knowledge on a dedicated business is real important. And then one other thing too, Leo, is you know many of the financial vendors that we deal with, some, the banks, the investment houses and so on, they really do spend significant amounts of money and time producing really good information. And maybe there's a couple there that you particularly like, some people that you'll deal with. Um, so there's, again, really good content available. The banking approach might be different. It might relate to you know, your, your financial transactions, basic savings, basic bank products, the investment houses, a lot of the investment particulars that are there. It all helps build your knowledge and comfort with money. And in my belief, and, and uh, in terms of financial education, I'm a firm believer in coaching. If we're uh, trying to improve our golf swing, we're trying to improve our tennis swing, we're trying to improve our, the ability to do Pilates, we're trying to improve our ability to do yoga, we all seek out coaches. Yet for money, we don't as much. So I think if you improve your knowledge and then also seek out a coach, that coach can help educate you too. Definitely believe in coaching. Yeah. Uh, I think it's something that all of us should certainly consider because there are certain things that we just need help with. It doesn't mean that we can't figure it out on our own. It just means that we have a greater chance of success and a quicker journey to that success when we're implementing somebody who can walk alongside us, blow that whistle and get us going because sometimes we just get lazy. So I, I agree. I think coaching is a very important part of becoming better at your craft. And, and finances is one of those things that whether you really rather not focus on it or not is not the issue. It's something we all have to deal with. It doesn't mean you have to spend you know, six hours in it like, like we do every day. Uh, well, we don't spend six hours, yeah. but you know what I mean. We focus on it. It's our, it's, our, it's our life mission. 
So you don't have to be that person, but you can listen to someone like us for 20, 30 minutes a day and get the same information that we're gathering from all these different sources so that you can have that financial education. So I love what you said, Harry, about the fact that here you are, a financial expert in, in, in your own right. I mean, you've been doing this for a long time. I don't think there's a question that you would get stumped on if somebody asked you, you know, any time, a day or night. So I would consider you an expert. But yet you're talking about having a routine. You said you are religious about this, that every day you listen to a certain podcast, you read certain publications, and it's something that you feed yourself for two reasons. One, so you can stay current, but also to, I believe, you didn't say this, but I believe it's why you do it, is so that you can stay on that same path, right? I mean, it keeps you honest that this is what I continue to do and this is why I do it. So I hope you guys are listening and hearing this, that even though this is our life purpose is to educate people in personal finances and we do it, it doesn't mean that we stop learning. In fact, we have to learn more so because we're trying to give you good information that's actually true and applicable. So we encourage you to do the same. Uh, you don't have to take it to the level we are taking it if that's not your calling. But by all means, make financial education a primary part of your day uh, until you really master this. And then you can back off a little bit if you want to, but the idea is that you build these these principles into your life, that you're living by them, that they're just almost habit or instinct to you, not something you have to fight about uh, accomplishing or doing, but something that's just natural to you. And that's not going to happen automatically. It's going to happen over time. That's why education is so important and that you do it consistently. Well, Harry, as we're wrapping up this episode, I, I really wanted to give you a chance to uh, to kind of talk about this. Given everything we've discussed today or over the last couple episodes, what is the one idea you would like to leave with our listeners? I think the most practical thing I can offer of benefit to your listeners is to spend two. Spend two hours a week. Take that time improving your knowledge. As we've talked about, people spend two and a half hours a day on social media. You can spend 17 minutes a day on your financial education. There's so many great sources available, and it, you will be better for it. As we've described in the society in the United States today, we do not provide sufficient education on personal finance matters. Mm -hmm. There's a huge deficit. You need to make it a personal goal for you to uh, lessen that deficit by becoming a better educated consumer, a better educated leader of your family, a member of your family. And, and fundamentally, when you do that, you'll be able to have better conversations with money. We, we didn't talk about that today as much, but we need more money conversations. And I think the, the idea of if spending those two hours a week will lead you to improve your knowledge and you'll feel more comfortable about money. You'll be, feel more comfortable about discussing money with members of your family. And I hope, my personal belief is, you'll then seek out financial professionals and you'll feel more comfortable fully disclosing your financial situation to them so they can help you. And I believe that, and we all know that there are bad operators out there, but my experience over 35 years with financial professionals around the world is there's so many people that just want to do good and help people be successful. And you want to get to the point personally where your knowledge is sufficient so you feel comfortable talking to financial professionals to help you reach your goals. Yep, I love that. And I'm actually on the financialverse.com website right now. And one of your tabs is spend two. So if people are wondering, how, how can I spend two hours a week absorbing good financial education? Well, on this tab, there are about 25 different links to good financial education. And I can tell you personally, as I'm looking at these links, Kiplinger.com is on here. 
I'm subscribed to Kiplinger Personal Finance Magazine, right? Money.com is on here. I was subscribed to Money, you know, magazine for for years. I think they actually recently got bought out, but but they still continue their online presence. And so uh, I was subscribed until they stopped, you know, having a print magazine. But the Wall Street Journal is on here for when you really want to dig a little deeper into what's happening today. Uh, the list of podcasts that you have is excellent. I see on here at least four or five podcasts that I've plugged into consistently in my time. So if you're looking for, and I'm teasing a little bit, I'm not going to list all of these uh, because I want you to go to financialverse.com and check out Spend 2 and, and check out these great resources where you could spend 17 minutes a day, which would lead up to two hours a week that you can really radically change your personal financial life. And, and I can tell you it's fulfilling. Uh, the people that I have worked with in the last decade on personal finances, they don't usually start out very interested in personal finances. And that's normal. That's where we are today in America. But as I work with somebody... Uh, they they feel empowered, they get that information, and then they see how it has helped them and they want to help others with it. So you don't have to be a personal finance nerd to dig into this, uh, or enthusiast, as I like to say, I'm not a nerd, I'm an enthusiast. <laughs> but you don't have to have this as your, as your sole life purpose and passion. But as you absorb a little bit, it will empower you to help others in this area. And, and it, I've seen people just get on fire for learning a little bit more, for continuing the spend to all throughout their life. Um, another thing that I would look at is the Optimal Finance Daily. Uh, this is a great podcast that you were recently on, Harry. And so if people want to learn how to stop leaking cash by becoming financially literate, they could tune into Optimal Finance Daily and listen to your recent episode on there. So I'm just saying there's so many great resources out there. Uh, what Leo and I have tried to do is have Getting Money Right as one of those great resources. And that our leaning is always going to be towards how does getting money right affect your long-term purpose and fulfillment? You know, we'll help you learn the adulting stage. We'll help you learn the striving stage. But how do you actually walk into fulfillment and, and really hopefully get there sooner than you would otherwise? Uh, most people will get there in their 60s and 70s. But Leo and I would love to see you get there 10 years earlier or 20 years earlier or, you know, combine and mix a little bit of your striving with your fulfilling. And I know, Harry, you've done that throughout your life. You've been fulfilling while you were striving, but now you get to focus 100% on that fulfillment category. And I love it. So, um, Harry, where, where can people go just to learn more about you, uh, to, to pick up a copy of your book? Where are you? Where's the easiest place to find you? Actually, David, I think you've described it. Financialverse.com. You can see the, the content and what I write on an ongoing basis. And uh, uh, we do produce twice weekly uh, posts. We call them mm -hmm. money saver posts. And, uh, and as we began this new year, we've, we've added cash tips. Oh, because uh, just cash tips, things you can do to save cash or mm -hmm. earn more cash. And then in terms of the book, you can, you, my book is available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all the major distributors nationally. Mm -hmm. And as 2020 uh, evolves, we'll be having uh, two new books uh, that'll be coming out, one on life insurance and one on annuities and how you can yeah. use life insurance to protect your life and annuities to protect your income. This is interesting. So uh, Harry, we talked about this earlier, but uh, you've created this, the financial verse book that has a great broad overview. Um, and it's a great introduction for anybody wanting to start on their financial journey. But like Leo and I, you love to go deeper. 
into certain topics. And, and I use a, a strengths finder framework. There's the learner who wants to learn everything. And then there's the input person, which I have input. I like to go very deep into a few subjects. And I know that, that that's what personal finance is for you, Harry. So describe this vision that you have, not only for the financial verse, but the next couple books that you want to bring out to market to help people go deep. Yes. And, and here's what I, you know, again, I've spent uh, over 20 years of my life on the life insurance and annuity side, again, on a global basis. And mm-hmm. I think they're underappreciated tools. And uh, I think today, both products have been changed. Major innovations have taken place to make these products such that you can use them to reduce the financial risk in your life. And the nice thing about this, I speak from experience. I eat my own cooking, if you will. Uh, One of the reasons I feel comfortable in the fulfilling stage of my life is I have uh, repeating lifetime income from annuity products coming in. I have requisite life insurance protections in place for my family. And actually, I've used some of the strategies that I've promoted over the years in terms of my own life. So Mm -hmm. I'm someone who practically understands the current environment for these products, as well as how to use them throughout your whole life. And one of the reasons is, and I know, gentlemen, you're both younger. I'm an older gentleman. I've lived each of these stages. So I've been there and done it. And they're, again, practical, common sense things. And I think many people have gotten away. They view life insurance as a luxury or a non-priority versus relying on GoFundMe to help various financial needs. Right. Annuities provide protected lifetime income. And I know there's a lot of conversation about that, and we can talk about that at a future point in time. But fundamentally, these products fulfill a significant need in people's lives. And I just don't think they're really aware of them. And once mm-hmm. they become aware of them, I think they can see how they can position. And yeah. again, and, I'll, and I say this to everyone, no product is, is, is going to solve 100% of your financial needs. For so many people, these products fulfill the ability to address certain key financial risks in their lives. And they're, and they're good. They're there for us. And it's, it's good to get a hold of them while you can. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting when you come out with those books to have you back on the show, because uh, when it comes to life insurance, Leo and I have a kind of a specific set of recommendations. And when it comes to annuities, we've really personally not dug in hardly at all to the topic. And there's a lot of connotation just to the word annuities that comes up in people's mind, a lot of different ideas, uh, some reputational things that have happened in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s with life insurance and annuities. And so since you've been a part of this industry for 35 years, it would really be cool to hear you even address some of the, the reputational risks that the industry has had in different areas to say, hey, in the 80s, this is what the products looked like. In the 90s, this is what they looked like. In the 2000s, this is, this is how they started to shift. Today, here's why I believe, you know, you can walk this out. Here's why I believe these are so useful in your financial journey. And that is something that Leo and I wholeheartedly admit, this is not a, an area of expertise for us. And so to have somebody be able to share and provide a perspective that we might not be able to provide to our audience, I think it'd be really cool. Um, there's a lot of great information out there, but it'd be fun to go very deep with somebody who's passionate about this topic. I would, I would love to do that. Again, these are tools that can be used in financial risk management and you, the individual and the advisor have to use, have to decide how best to use them. Well, Harry, we want to thank you so much. Uh, this has been really fun for us to talk with you about everything that you've first put in this book, but even beyond that, what you're thinking and uh, the things that you're doing, of course, the resources that you have are just fantastic. So we just encourage our listeners to go to financialverse.com 
and really take advantage of this wealth of knowledge. I mean, it's right there. It's easy to read, easy to understand. Just put the time in and you will benefit. Harry, uh, again, thank you for being here. Um, we do appreciate your time. Hope you, uh, you hope you had a good time. Oh, I had a, had a great time and appreciate the time with both Leo, with you and David. Thank you again for having me. It's an honor and I really appreciate it. Awesome. It was a real pleasure. We'll see you in, uh, next time. Thank you. Well, we're so grateful that you joined us for this episode. And if you liked it, I ask that you would go and rate and review and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, go over to leosabo.com and jump onto the newsletter there. Uh, but if you've enjoyed listening to Harry Stout and learning more about his book, The Financial Verse, A Common Sense Approach for Your Money, I highly recommend that you go pick up a copy. Uh, you can get a digital book for less than $8 online, or you can get a print copy, which Leo and I are always going to lean towards and recommend. It looks great on the shelf. Uh, I, I love the way it looks. I love the way it feels. It's got a really high quality cover. And I'm just going to say that if you check out the Financial Verse or financialverse.com, you're going to enjoy seeing the resources under Spend 2. You're going to enjoy checking out the blog. Uh, I've got it set up where I'm subscribed. So just about every week, I get at least one or two emails that follow up with five to 10 minutes of financial information. And then just see what else Harry's up to these days. You know, check out the blogs and podcasts that he's on, that he's guest posting on, guest starring on. And anywhere you see him, we highly recommend that you put a like on there, put a comment on there. I've actually, as I've read through his blog posts, there's a little place for a heart. And I click the heart because I know that it helps share and it lets other people find it more easily. It picks it up in algorithms. So we just recommend that you check that out. If, if you see him uh, doing a, a local book signing near you, go, go say hi, go check him out, go shake his hand and thank him for the work that he's doing to share personal finance and education around the country. Well, I hope that you've enjoyed this episode and we look forward to having you join us next time so that together we can keep, keep getting, getting money right. right. <laughs> we're not going to be able to do it together because there's a lag. So yeah. we're going to do it and kind of do it at the same pace. Yeah. All right. No, oh, it's yeah. fine. It's fine. So, so that together... We, we can, can keep, keep getting, getting money, money right. If we're uh, trying to improve our golf swing, we're trying to improve our tennis swing, we're trying to improve our the ability to do Pilates, we're trying to improve our ability to do yoga, we all seek out coaches. Yet for money, we don't as much. So I think if you improve your knowledge, and then also seek out a coach. That coach can help educate you too.